Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about you. Yeah, that's right. We're always here talking about you. Today, we want to specifically talk about your talents and how you can use that to serve others, to help people with some of the most difficult parts of their life just simply by being you. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I so appreciate you. I'm so grateful for having you in my life, for having the ability, the opportunity to be able to serve you, to bring these amazing guests to you, and help you be able to live as a thriving entrepreneur. As I said, I'm so, so grateful for you. Each of us has talents, and the amazing part about it is, is that often our talents are something that we uh, you know, tend to discount because they're so easy for us. It's something that we do often without even thinking about it, and so therefore we tend to fall into the trap of believing that, well, everybody can do that. You know, it's simple, it's easy for me, so it must be easy for everybody else, when in fact, The truth is, is that often the very thing that's so easy for you that you'd never write a book, you've never done a signature talk on it, um, is the kind of thing that you really truly are at the heart and soul and core of who you are. It really is who you are. Now it comes out, it does. It absolutely does come out in so many different ways. Often it shows up as that thing that we're just passionate about, that we talk about all the time, that we are talking about so often that our closest friends, even more so our teenage children, will roll their eyes when they hear us say it because we just talk about it so often. And yet that passionate purpose, that talent that is us, that is the very thing that is a secret, is a tip is our talent eeping through, seeping through the cracks of our life and coming out in ways that maybe aren't exactly it. I mean, maybe our passion isn't to demand that our children clean up their room. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's the skill set of why cleaning your room is so important. Maybe it's just something else. Maybe Maybe you grew up with a parent who was adamant about it, and maybe it's something you're overcoming. Uh, That would be a different situation than your talent. But typically, even in that situation where you are expressing something that was more put on you than what is you, your passion is seeping through the cracks of that, coming out in every way. And when we stop and we look at what is that thing that truly is my talent, and why does it show up in the ways that it does, it gives us the ability to then be able to look beyond ourselves and see how can we use this thing that we're so passionate about that comes up all the time, how can we use it to make our world a better place? You see, when we know what our talent is, we can then look for ways to be able to serve others, to be able to make the world a better place simply by showing up maximizing while it's called today 
and using our talent to serve others, using our talent to allow the world to be a better place, to allow the people that are in our lives to thrive and shine. It's amazing, you know, when you live in a world where you help others thrive and shine, you too will find yourself living as a thriving entrepreneur, doing things that sometimes are even going to feel a little amazing to you because your focus is on serving and giving and living and thriving. And when our focus is in the right place, it's amazing just how incredible life can be. And it can happen just as simply as knowing who you are and seeing ways to be able to take that and give it out into the world and allow that to show up in everything you do. That is a great way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump in to our first guest. Join me in welcoming John Crane. Hey, John, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I am doing really good. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. Um, how I show up in the world. I, I just like to be helpful. Um, so uh, through the career that I've built over the last 20 years as a financial advisor, you know, spend my days helping people with their money and uh, helping with their money decisions. And um, outside of that, I uh, enjoy my wife and uh, my 18-year-old my daughter. Perfect. Love that. And uh, what kind of things do you do? Um, what, what kind of job and stuff do you do? Sure. So I'm a financial advisor, uh, wealth manager for uh, roughly 100, 120 different households. And um, what I do for them is uh, really, I, I run alongside them as we move through life together. Um, so there's obviously a lot of uh, things that we're planning for retirement and, um, you know, education planning and things like that. And uh, so, yeah, I just really enjoy serving these families. And, um, you know, the, the way that I, I best describe or the way that I, I like to try and describe how I serve these families is the benchmark that I use. I call it uh, best day, worst day. Um, and what I mean by that is if I get a call from a client and uh, something amazing happened, they got that big promotion, they got a big bonus or uh, their company got bought or something, something great. And I can tell early in the conversation that I'm one of the first people they called. Um, that's when I know I'm doing a good job when I, I get those calls. Um, and then conversely, you know, sadly, this happens from time to time, but uh, when my client's worst fears have been realized and they call me and I'm one of the first people they call, that's when I know I'm really doing a good job because that's how they see me. Mm, yeah, that's amazing to be in that place of honor in somebody's life. So yeah, um, you've written a book that is called The One Number Budget, Why Traditional Budgets Fail and What to Do About It. Um, can you tell us the premise of the book first? Just kind of give us a basic synopsis. Sure. It's really based on, on three things. The first one is uh, clarity and simplicity. Uh, you know, most budget processes are, are really uh, complicated, cumbersome, and just not fun. Um, then second of all is a lifetime context. Uh, majority of budgets, they really are designed around a month and focused on a month. They're not really focused on the context of your entire life. 
so a lifetime context is second. And then third is it's got to be something you're going to do. And if uh, the budget's complicated and it doesn't have a lifetime context, you're probably not going to stick to it. So that's what I really sought to achieve with the book. Um, on a much broader scale, um, the demographics in the United States of America for folks about to retire, they're not, the, the data is not good. Um, the median, if you think about it in context, of like the median income in the United States, the median income is roughly $70,000 a year. And for the demographic of 55 to 64, the people that are in that, you know, 10 years leading up to retirement, the median net worth is about $215,000. So that's, that's not really enough money to really replace a $70,000 a year income. So folks approaching retirement, getting into retirement, you know, cobbling social security and then with uh, whatever their nest egg is uh, roughly speaking a lot of folks are going to experience a 50 percent or more drop in their lifestyle so part of me writing this book was to show people maybe a different way and to hopefully make a dent in that problem so where do we even start i mean a lot of people just saying a budget just terrifies them they're just sure they shut down immediately then so how do we begin what's an easy way to start budgeting that doesn't leave them in that fear sure so when i the the concept of the one number budget it's a very simple spreadsheet that uh you know i've seen before and you know a lot of times i like to say in financial services there's nothing new it's just uh repackaged so i call the one number budget the one number budget because i got the idea from watching the movie moneyball um have you seen that movie steve yes i have that was a really cool movie yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, early in the movie, uh, there's a great scene with Jonah Hill, who's the brilliant economist from Yale that's working for Billy Bean, the general manager of the Oakland A's, who's played by uh, Brad Pitt. And what Jonah Hill is explaining to Brad Pitt is, is he's like, look, you know, every single baseball player comes with massive amounts of data. And it's just really difficult to try and take that much data per player and then evaluate all of the players that are potentially available to us. So he runs this computer model. And the clinch for me was Jonah Hill's character says this line. He goes, it's all about getting things down to one number so that we can make a decision. And I, I've sadly or embarrassingly have seen that movie probably 20, 25 times. And one of the times I was watching it, I heard that line and it just kind of triggered something in me. And it was like, I wonder if I could get budgeting down to one number so that it's not this arduous task of trying to compile 30 to 40 data points every month. So to directly answer your question, the way it's set up is at the top, I start with gross income. And so we start with gross income. And then the very first thing I want clients doing is pulling 20% off for wealth building. And that's specifically for retirement, uh, not college savings, nothing else, just specifically retirement. Then uh, the next the next thing we pull out for is, is taxes. Um, I'm sure you've noticed the, uh, the IRS is going to take it anyway. Um, and then what that leaves us with after we back out wealth building, we back out taxes is what's available for lifestyle on an annual basis. I then divide that by 12 to get us down to a monthly number. And then I back out 
uh, on the spreadsheet the client's two largest monthly expenses, uh, which is usually housing and childcare or housing and student loans, just whatever your two largest fixed expenses, just to further simplify it. And then after we've done that, that bottom line number is what I refer to as your one number. So when I'm taking clients through the exercise, after I do that calculation with them, I'll look at them and say, you know, whatever that number is, and let's just say for the sake of discussion, it's $5,000. I'll say to them, can you get through four weeks on $5,000? And if they say yes, I'm like, okay. So then if you can get through the four weeks on $5,000, what that means is, is the 20% savings rate is possible. So we'll then go through and tally up what they're currently saving just to see where they're at. And if there's a gap there, we'll work on it. But um, at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is, is get rid of all the tracking and all that other stuff and instead say to the client, okay, if you can get through the month $5,000 or less, then that's the only thing you really need to focus on is just keep all of your bills outside of mortgage and whatever that second expense is under $5,000. If you can do that, then everything's working. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. It does. So yeah, that's a really nice, uh, clean and crisp way to be able to do it. So um, what do people fight you on the most then after you made it all so nice and easy for them? <laughs> well, I mean, it's really not fighting. Um, you know, every once in a while, someone might say to me, they're like, wow, 20% savings rate, you know, Oh, that that really sounds kind of high. Um, you know, can we can we adjust that somehow? And what they're really doing is they're they're kind of negotiating with me. And at that point, I, I gently will suggest to folks like, who are you really who are you really negotiating with? Because um, it's not me. Because I'm not the one that has to live on this uh, in retirement. And so when I usually point out to folks that they're kind of negotiating with themselves. Um, then we can have a, have a, a better conversation about it. Um, that's how you, that, that's usually what I get the most pushback on. And, and to further expand on that, you asked earlier, like, you know, the three main components are of, of, you know, this one number budget concept. And I said the lifetime context. One of the things I, I lay out in the book is a hypothetical, you know, 90 year life. So if you think of a life as 90 years and you break it up into thirds and you've got the first 30, which is your growing up years. And, you know, for the most part, um, your parents basically pay for most of that. Then you've got the middle 30, which is your prime working years. And then you've got the final 30 and the final 30 is your retirement. So when I break that down to the reader, what I'm explaining to them is, is essentially you've got 60 years of living that has to come out of 30 years of earning or gets funded out of 30 years of earning. And when you think about it that way, that middle 30, that has, the, the income in that middle 30 has got tremendous pressure on it because not only do you have to save for retirement, but you know, got to pay for life today. And uh, there's, you know, kids want to be in the soccer league and, you know, maybe you want to put your kids in private school and, you know, all these things really start, you know, putting pressure on that, that, that middle 30. But at the end of the day, you do have a future self that's sitting there at the precipice of retirement. And they're, they're looking back at you, uh, your present day self, uh, you know, hoping that you're, you're being uh, prudent with your choices. Let's just put it that way. 
I love that so much. So the book is called The One Number Budget, Why Traditional Budgets Fail and What to Do About It. It is definitely available on Amazon and any of the other places that a person can get uh, books from. If somebody wants to go deeper with you than just the book, how could they get in contact with you? Sure. If you visit the book's website, onenumberbudget.com, uh, there's a couple resources there, and then there's also a, a contact the author page. Uh, the resources that are available, if anyone wanted to download the first chapter, uh, they can do that uh, th through that website, as well as they can download a copy of the One Number Budget Worksheet if they wanted to give it a try. Um, all they need to do is go to one number budget forward slash worksheet, and it'll have the instructions on how to download it. I love that. Well, John, before we go, leave us uh, some words of encouragement about the fact that no matter how long we've resisted budgeting, we can do it. Sure. Well, it's it's all really about empowerment. Um, that if you can get control of your cash flow, then that puts you in control of everything that you need that money for in your entire life. Uh, if you don't get your a hold of your cash flow, then nothing else works. Um, so my encouragement would be is if traditional budgeting has failed you, then please try the one number budget. Uh, and if for whatever reason, the one number budget is not working for you, then please keep going um, because this is something that you, you got to you gotta find a way to attack the budgeting process that works for how your brain works. And I'm hopeful that uh, the one number budget would uh, be helpful and, and add value to your listeners' lives. Mm, I love that so much. Well, John, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me. I love that because right at the very beginning, John talked about the fact that he doesn't just deal with numbers. He isn't just trying to help you think about the future, but rather he's helping partnering with people to help them live their best financial lives. What a great way to take the talent that he has for finance and be able to share it with other people and help them live the life that they want to live, but maybe don't understand the nuances of things like finance without that. What an amazing way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We're going to take our first quick commercial break here, and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that stats, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny.
Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about your talent and how you can use it to serve others. Your talent serving others is such an amazingly, incredibly powerful tool in this world. And whether, like our first guest, you take your skill set, you partner with others and help them live a better life, or you do things that you've done and share that with others, like we're going to talk about with this next guest, you can use the things that you've learned, the experiences you've had, the talents, the time, the treasures that you've got, and you can live a great life. And while you're doing that, you can serve others, you can share it with others, you can make the world a better place. And we do it simply by maximizing just today. Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's coming, but it's not here yet. It's just a matter of looking around today, knowing who we are and what we do, and then reaching out and doing and being the best us that we can be while it's called today. So with that said, let's jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Melanie Buhur. Hey, Melanie, how are you doing today? I am good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah, I, um, so I am a, well, I'm a mom of three. That's my first thing, but I am an entrepreneur. I actually have a couple businesses that I, that I run. Uh, and they've all been very heart-based businesses. So things that I love and, and passions that I've been uh, led to, and I'm just trying to make the world better one, one, I say workplace at a time, but also now author at a time as well. I see you do work with authors. Um, you've worked with about 60 of them now. Um, what got you into beginning to start helping people write their books? Yeah, I, so I, well, I have a consultancy, uh, an HR consultancy, and I started off writing my own book and that was really helpful. What I found though, was it wasn't until I wrote my first collective book. So with other authors that I really realized there was this kind of like magical lift, um, in getting, uh, you know, get, doing a book with other people and kind of that, um, that ability. Cause I'm, I also love networking, right. And talking with other people and, so when you can put a book out and other people sell it for you, um, they want people to read your chapter. They get excited about your chapter. Uh, that, that kind of led me down that path of people kept asking, you know, how can I do this? How can I do what you did? How do I get on Amazon? Uh, and so Jody Brandstetter, my business partner and I, we started um, Influence Network Media. And so we, we say that we help other leaders, thought leaders. These are all business books. Uh, we help them become authors and now new in 2023, we're helping them do more with like podcasting and speaking and things like that as well. Mm, that's fun. So most of the books, do you do um, mostly collective books or are most of those people standalones? We do a little bit of both. Uh, so on our website, we prefer, or I don't know if we prefer, I love the collectives because there's definitely that magical lift, you know, having 10 authors do it with you, getting it out in front of their, their network, if you will. But we have solo authors as well. Uh, I think there's some barriers, I guess, for busy business people. You know, the reason why people don't write is often time, knowledge, and money. Like they don't have time, you know, to fill the pages that, you know, they don't think they can sit and write. They don't have the knowledge of, you know, how to piece it all together, edit, format, proof, get it on Amazon. 
or they don't have the money. And so when, when you say write a solo, I mean, oftentimes your quote for a solo book can be like 10, uh, this last week I heard $30,000. So people, there's big price tags on putting out your own book, but when you can share that collectively, right. Divided by 10 people, it makes the cost so much more manageable. Um, and so we really try and keep those prices down for people. Um, in fact, I mean, we have pricing on our website. I can tell you more about that later, but it's definitely, it's very economical. Mm, I love that. So, um, what would you say is the biggest piece of advice you would give a person who wants to write a book, but hasn't started yet? I'd say, take that time to figure out what you're passionate about and make that happen. So, you know, I thought I have to be crunched over a keyboard, you know, spending time, my days and nights writing. And what I really found was that I didn't have to do that, you know, that I could, um, voice, you know, I could lay in bed and, and talk about things that I'm passionate about and kind of, uh, do a voice to text. And I constantly am coming up with different things that I really want to write about. Sometimes you just go back and look at a blog, maybe a favorite blog or a post that you've written. And that in and of itself, you know, we say that these chapters people are writing are blogs on steroids. So, you know, 1500 to 3,500 words about a topic that you're passionate about. And usually that just kind of flows out from people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of times we don't really realize how many words we can say on something that we're passionate about. Absolutely. So um, with working with groups of people, um, what kind of challenges have you found bringing the group together and then getting the book finished? Yeah, there is a little bit of uh, herding cats. Uh, we will say that. Uh, we really do try and take that pain out of it. So we ask our authors to commit to a couple things. So we say your headshot, I'm sorry, your chapter, your headshot and your bio. Those are the three kind of things you're committing to. And then beyond that, it's participating. So showing up on launch day, maybe an occasional zoom meeting, getting to know your co-authors a little bit. Um, and then getting 30 to 35 supporters who are able to buy your book, which, you know, to be honest, that's a fraction of the people you would need if, if you had a solo, uh, with a solo, you know, you need 250, 300 to, to get your, uh, Amazon considered like bestseller or number one new releases that win those categories. So we ask for certain levels of commitment and you know, the, the hardest thing for people to meet these days, which is sad is just their deadlines. Um, you know, we give them plenty of time to submit and, you know, we just tell them like, Hey, we need them. We've got, you know, 10 people we're working with. We need it by this date. And for the most part, we haven't, I think I've only had two authors. We don't, we don't just take their money. We usually try and find a different book for them to work themselves into. And because they're all business and leadership topics, uh, we've been able to move them to other, to other books. Mm, I love that. So how long does the process take for you from the time you uh, start putting together a group to put together the group and have the book be done? We say it's about a three to four month process. So most people can write their chapter. And again, this is for a chapter book. If you're writing your solo, it's going to take longer uh, for you. But once the people give us their content, uh, we can get it basically edited, formatted, improved. That's like a six weeks. So usually six weeks to write, six weeks to get it all formatted, improved. Um, and then getting it out, getting the marketing made. There's kind of a pre-launch, launch day, and post-launch strategy that we do to help people get their book out. Uh, so I would say three to four months, kind of beginning to end. And, and that's a pretty quick turnaround time. 
So what advice do you have to new authors? What, what do, um, what do you wish they knew before they came to you? Some version of, you know, we all deserve to be heard. You know, we have different things in our life that we're passionate about and, I've really enjoyed helping people, you know, I say find their voice and then amplify their voice. Uh, there's, if there's something kind of gnawing at you, something that you'd be like, Hey, I think I should write about this. When you stop and think, you know, who, whose face would I want to see or whose name would I want to see on a book with mine? That's the kind of people that you want to have a collective with. Uh, and so thinking of being linked forever with some great, whether they're strategic partners or fellow coaches um, that's kind of the big, the big push behind this and the magic behind what we're doing. You know, you get to be permanently linked to some amazing people and help each other. The, the things that people are looking for, you know, why they write varies. Some are to leave a legacy. Some are, you know, just to grow, you know, exposure, visibility, share their knowledge. But what we're really looking for are the people that want to grow their business. You know, they want to get more speaking gigs and engagements and podcasts, or maybe just you know, I, I run a consultancy, so maybe just get more clients. Um, there's lots of reasons why people write, and we hope that we appeal to the masses uh, and for people to write for different reasons. We can help them, you know, again, corral those cats and push it over the finish line. So do you want the people to come to you with the 10 other people, or do you put the people together for them? Well, we have a little bit of both. So for 2023, we have some themes that have originated people are just passionate about so uh, culture is one so workplace culture that's one of the books we're pulling together right now and given that that's one of my favorite areas you know I've been posting on LinkedIn and, and finding experts in that area some other ones for this year are communication technology entrepreneurship and innovation but when people start voicing uh, we even have a group of uh, female CEOs that want to pull together and write so when we hear about them we start collecting them other times you'll have someone say, Hey, I want to be the collective leader and what the benefit for them is, then they get the royalties, right? So we want to encourage people to, uh, you know, grab their own group of people. And we say six is the smallest number usually. Uh, and then up to, you know, 10, we've had actually a recent book came out, had 14 and that was okay. You know, it kind of depends. We know people like to read shorter books these days, but you could do it either way. It just depends if you already have something you know and you have your group of people or you just have a topic that you love. Uh, some people come forward and say, hey, uh, recently had someone say, I, I want to write about, it was like workplace stress. And so we start talking about, well, what does that mean? And what kind of people would be good in a book like that? And it's a range of, you know, business coaches and, you know, maybe it's a productivity coach. Maybe it's, you know, a communication coach to help you with how you're talking with people at work. There's all these different areas that can kind of get involved in any one type of book. So what's the first step? How, if somebody wants to um, be in one of your collective books, um, how do they know which one is best for them and how to be able to get a hold of you? Absolutely. So we have a site that we've been asking people to go to called Overnight Author. So if you go to overnightauthor.com and it, you actually can get a free download of our chapter about why you should write, uh, why you should write a book and how it's your new business card. Uh, it's part of our marketing fusion book, but you get our chapter and you can use that to help yourself. That's a great way to get started. Take a look at it, see if it appeals to you, see if it is going to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, we definitely are seeing people doing more of it. It, it is 
you know, better than a, than a business card, obviously, you know, to really get your foot in the door. So going to the website would be first, you know, look us up, connect with me on LinkedIn. So again, Melanie Boer, um, I'm listed out there as I think Melanie Boer culture coach, but, uh, that's, that's my first business. And this influence network media one is the one that's been, uh, really passionate about these days. I love it. Well, leave us with some words of encouragement before we end today. Absolutely. So I would just encourage everyone to find your voice, amplify it. I talk about, you know, leading with heart and how everyone really deserves to be heard. So we would love to help people bring their authentic self to the table and, you know, make sure that they can say they look back and they don't have any regrets. They've, they've done what they needed to do and are living the life they're supposed to live. We'd love to help them on that, that book journey. Well, Melanie, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. I love it. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you. You know me. You know I love books. I love people who are sharing what they do, who they are, what they've learned thus far in the world, sharing it out into the world. And Melanie's taken that and also allowed others who maybe didn't know or were a little afraid to do it themselves and has found a way to help the people in her sphere be able to share their message with the world. And that's awesome. That's taking a talent that she discovered she had, using it to serve others. Other people are now finding themselves having something that they maybe only thought was ever going to be a dream, having it be a reality in their life. Because Melanie learned what she was talented at, she took it and she used it in the process of living her life to serve others. What a great way to live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I hope that you are thinking about things that you have in your life that are your talents and ways that you can use that to serve others. While you're thinking about that, we are going to take our next commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we're talking about your talent serving others, about how you can know yourself, how you can just simply show up as who you are in the world, and how it can make other people's lives a great and amazing thing too. 
sometimes stuff happens in our life, right? And sometimes we just need other people to help us with it. Whether you're talking about like we talked about in the first segment, where you need somebody to partner with you, whether it be in financial or other means, to take their talent, partner alongside of you, and help you get to your next level. Or, as we talked about in the second segment, take something that is something you want to share with the world, but you don't really know how to do it. Find somebody who has already done that and now has a process to help you be able to share who you are with the world. And now we're going to move on to another one, and that's being able to take people who are in a situation that isn't so good sometimes and take what you've learned, take your talents, and then really truly serve that person by helping them get out of a what could be very sticky and uncomfortable situation to live, to love, and to thrive. I love the concept of that. I know you do too. What an amazing way to take your talent and serve others as you live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. With that said, let's jump in to our next guest. Join me in welcoming Rebecca Aragoni. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Great, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Yeah. Uh, so personally, I live in uh, Seattle. Um, love the Pacific Northwest. So uh, pretty active with hiking and backpacking. Um, I have a mom, uh, or I'm a mom to three kids, and uh, we have a 90 pound dog that keeps us busy. And uh, um, and I also run a business called Lodi. Um, it's an AI company that specializes in facial recognition um, to find any non-consensual intimate media that people may have on the internet. It's also known as revenge porn. Um, and then uh, Lodi users can help uh, find those images and videos, and then we'll help take them down via the DMCA law. Mm. Okay, so, um, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people do really horrible things in breakups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, how, how, I guess my first question is how protective of the person? I mean, do they then see all the places they are or how do you protect them so that it doesn't traumatize them even more to find out just how prevalent something that they wish had never been put out is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a really soft onboarding process for individuals. Um, we have an on-staff psychologist that has helped us um, go through the whole onboarding procedure and then in some of the um, interface that users work with. Um, and there actually, there definitely have been studies that show that people who are affected um, by image abuse do actually have a very strong PTSD response similar to um, any other sexual assault. Um, so we are really conscious about um, going really slow and making sure that it's trauma-informed and that the users, they're guiding the entire experience. So we do offer, um, you know, we're able to offer all of this information for them to be able to find and locate their images, um, but we do make sure that it's it's at their pace. And so they're able to leave and come back at any time. Um, it's So what we have people do is they'll be able to essentially upload a profile image. And then we do all of the uh, the searching. We basically match it with our database. And then we're able to show them those images and videos. Everything is blocked out until they choose to actually click on it. And then to find um, where it's located. And then if they want to do that DMCA takedown process. Okay. Um, and does your service exclusively look at um, what we, 
and these terms are a little loosely not proper, but what we consider to be the internet versus the dark web, or does it scour across all of it? Yeah, so right now we are specifically specifically looking at sites that are um, doing user-generated content across the adult web. Um, we have um, over 40 million assets that we have looked through and we're um, constantly updating more because it's user-generated. Um, the, the websites are constantly updating. So that way our users are getting um, the newest version and the most accurate information. Um, there are definitely other companies um, that exist that do just a general search um, across the entire internet, but we feel that that's not as beneficial just because, I mean, it's, it is the Wild West. It is just this giant, um, you know, massive amount of information. And so we are really specifically looking at user-generated content. And in this particular case, you're talking about non-consensually uploaded stuff. So it isn't, um, yeah. you know, somebody who worked in that kind of an industry and then later on wants to take it down. Or do you work with people like that too? No, it's um, specifically just user-generated. We do have... Um, we do work with some content creators. So, you know, it's um, it's content that has been created, you know, essentially consensually by them, um, especially with like adult sites, like an OnlyFans, for example. Um, but what happens is oftentimes some of their um, some of their patrons will record the content and then post it to free sites. And so that's making the content creators essentially lose out on income. Um, and so we do have an option for users to uh, bring in a URL if they know that their information has been shared, they can bring in their own URL and we can help them take that down. Um, and it still does work, um, even if they don't know if it's out there, we can just use facial recognition for that also. Okay. So, um, you know, what does the law say about the uploading of non-consensual and images? Yeah, so there actually is no federal regulation around it. Um, many of the states do have um, local laws prohibiting, you know, uh, uh, image abuse, essentially. Um, but federally, there isn't anything. So how we're able to get around that is by using the DMCA law, which is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And uh, under that law, it is essentially that people are unauthorized users, or unauthorized models, rather. Um, and so this content is uploaded without their consent, and then they're able to invoke this law to get it taken down. Um, they generally will have to go to the hosting websites um, and go through that entire procedure. Sometimes it can be pretty traumatizing for people. Um, the, the sites that many of this content is uh, hosted on are not fantastic. Um, there are many sites that are dedicated to uh, non they're essentially revenge porn. Um, there are some that are dedicated to hidden cameras. Um, and it's not, uh, it can be really traumatizing for victims to have to navigate through these sites to get their content taken down. Um, and so they can go through that process. Otherwise, we've made it really streamlined. If somebody has found uh, a video or an image and they want it taken down, they can add it essentially to a queue through our Lodi site they sign essentially an affidavit saying, yes, this is me and I want it removed. And then we can get it taken down for them. Are there any signs for a person to look for that makes you think, hey, maybe something's gotten uploaded on me that, um, you know, would make them want to come and, and have you search further? 
Yeah. So um, really, we encourage everyone to at least um, go through the onboarding site to see. It's completely free. We do um, an initial search for everyone. Um, I think a lot of people assume that, you know, I had a really amical breakup or my partner would never post anything of me. Um, And honestly, they're probably right. Most of um, image abuse does not come from people we know, but it comes from uh, hacking or from hidden cameras. Um, And so even if people think, you know, I definitely don't have anything out on the Internet, um, they definitely can. Are there things that a person, I mean, especially since they're happening from third party places like that, are there things that a person should be doing to keep themselves safer from getting caught on hidden cams and different things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So there are some social media websites um, that have made a commitment to um, try to not allow revenge porn or get it taken down on their their sites. Um, And they're using a system that's called a hash. A hash is essentially a digital fingerprint. Um, People are able to um, go to a site called stopncii.org. They can... um, they can choose the images that they want to do essentially a a watermark on or hash. And then um, the, the social media sites like Facebook, TikTok, uh, I believe Bumble is one now um, they run them through their database and then they will either remove them from their social media sites or, um, or, or just prevents them from ever being uploaded. And so that's a nice proactive step for people to be able to take Um, But for just the general internet, um, there isn't really anything, um, there isn't really anything proactive that people are able to do quite yet. Um, In the future, we definitely are hoping uh, through Lodi that we can create our own hashing system that'll be effective just across the internet, not specifically for social media. Um, But you know, that'll be a little bit more down the road. Um, For now, it's just, uh, I think it's really important for people just to be able to monitor their online presence. through Lodi, we do offer um, just an alert system. So people could upload their profile image. And um, if they don't have any images or videos that are returned, that's fantastic. Um, I remember when I first turned Lodi on, I ran my own picture through, you know, thinking, um, you know, what if something is out there? Because, you know, you never really, you just never really know. And um, thankfully there wasn't, but that's not the case for a lot of people. Um, and so they can set up this alert system that will uh, will basically just monitor the the web and all of our content that comes through, and then just notify people if we do end up any finding anything. And if it's something that happened some years ago, you know, I mean, like say a thirty year old lady is concerned about pictures of her from when she was eighteen or twenty years old, or mm-hmm. even God forbid, underage. Um, do they need to have pictures of them at that age or, or will the facial recognition figure out um, the younger age images of them as well? Or how does that work? Yeah. The facial recognition that we have has about a 98% accuracy. Um, and that's across, um, you know, a vast amount of ages. Uh, what we do is essentially do uh, like facial points. Um, and so uh, we have these set data points on the image. So people are able to upload that we'll search for those matches and then serve those to the customer to review. Um, and the data points that we have, um, it has to, you know, it goes across facial structure and um, 
we basically have thresholds in place. And so we show, um, we have it set pretty high so that we're not getting any negative or many negative results, but we still do show them to the customer and then they can decide if that's them or not. Um, and so the basically how the threshold that we have in place does allow for, you know, a, a variety of ages and ranges. Okay. So for the person who doesn't think this is a big of a deal, um, you know, give us some statistics or some information about just how prevalent this is in society these days. Yeah, absolutely. So about 10 million people are actually victims of image abuse. Um, one in three people in the United States are uh, sexually assaulted. And oftentimes those are uh, being recorded. Um, people in uh, um, uh, people of color or indigenous groups, uh, members that um, are in the LGBTQ plus community, they're actually four times more likely to be affected by um, image abuse or revenge porn. Um, and so it's uh, it's definitely out there, especially with um, technology becoming you know, just completely mainstream now. Everyone has a cell phone. Um, people are staying in, you know, vacation shares and there could be hidden cameras there. Um, I really do think it's beneficial for people to just at least, um, you know, go through the process, go through the onboarding process to just see if it's there or not. And if it's not fantastic, you now have peace of mind. Mm, that's awesome. So, um, Obviously, a person needs to go to your website and and go through the process for themselves. But for people who are interested in helping out, um, do you have ways that people who want to try to help stop this can be involved as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if people are uh, wanting to, you know, see for themselves, you know, if they have anything out there, of course, come to our website. And then if people are even interested in getting in on, you know, the ground level of encouraging for laws to be made, um, there are a lot of states right now that are doing a big push to actually put um, something in federally um, to combat image abuse. Um, I know here in Washington, we actually have um, a House representative that's trying to get something on the floor now um, to start combating image abuse and having, um, you know, not having it go directly through the DMCA. Um, so I definitely encourage people to just contact their representatives. Um, there's, this is not, uh, I'm really happy that our company is here, but eventually I would like it to, you know, there to be something more federal and government in place for it. And um, give us the URL for where a person can find out about themselves as well as get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so people can go to golodi.com. We have our onboarding app that they can go through there. We also have a whole bunch of other resources um, that our on-staff psychologist has written regarding uh, dating advice or uh, boundaries. Um, and we have a more thorough options for resources for people um, who may have been victims of either sexual assault or image abuse uh, for them to be able to go to. And that's G-O-L-O-T-I.com, correct? It is, yep. All right. Well, Rebecca, for the person who probably needs to use your service but is a little afraid, give us some words of encouragement. Um, it is, you know, it's it's a really hard thing to go through. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a really difficult process to go through. Um, but we're definitely here. Um, it's at your own pace. 
And uh, we have plenty of resources and a lot of people that, you know, have your back um, so you can get this taken down. Well, a very important issue and something that I appreciate all that your company's doing. Rebecca, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks so much, Steve. So how do you take the talents, the time, the treasure that you have? How do you use that to be able to serve others? How do you first know yourself? We talked a little bit about that in the opening segment. And then how do you find ways that you can be able to make the world a better place? Simply just being you. Just waking up in the morning, being the best version of yourself, and then excitingly being able to go out and say, hey world, here's who I am. This is what I do. This is what I know. Let me come into your world and share with you this thing that I know that I know. Let me help you make your world a better place by I just simply being me by taking your talent and serving others. What a great way to live. What an amazing way to show up as a thriving entrepreneur, to wake up each day, let yesterday go, or if necessary, apologize for things that did happen, and then truly live, love, thrive, and be the best you that you can be in this wonderful day that we call today. I hope that you can just let yesterday go and really grab a hold of, really thrive in today so that you look at today and you see it as the amazing, wonderful gift that today is. There'll never be another today. There'll be tomorrows and they'll come and they'll be amazing too. But today is the day that you have. I often think about the people who spend time worried about tomorrow or beating themselves over the past and they never really get to live today because they're stuck either in the past or in the future. I really hope that that doesn't happen for you, that you know yourself, you know yourself well and you can be like, this is what I'm good at. I haven't shared this definition with you for a while and I want to remind you, true humility is a right perspective of yourself. That means having the capability to just as much as you can admit your faults, also being able to be, first of all, aware of your talents, but then second of all, allow yourself to celebrate you, to say, hey, you know what? I am good at that particular thing, and it is something that I'm proud of myself for being able to do. When we do that, that's actually us being humble. Now, it doesn't mean that we spill over into the level of bragging about ourselves, but it does often look like saying, hey, you know what? I just did a really amazing job at that. We don't do that for ourselves enough. We're typically our harshest critics. We're the person who is going to, more than anybody else in the world, tell us how bad we screwed up and we miss the opportunity to really truly be humble and say, you know what? That thing you just did, you did really well. Maybe you sang a song and you hit the notes. Maybe you didn't hit all of them, but maybe you hit most of them. Maybe you even only just hit one. Can you be real enough with yourself to say, hey, you know that one note that I hit, it sounded really good. 
can you be open enough with yourself to not just critique yourself, to not just say, oh man, I just said a word and it totally wasn't the word I said. Any of those of you that are participating in the drinking game of Steve mispronouncing people's names and messing up words, you're probably drunk by now, just like you are every time you listen to Thriving Entrepreneur. Because I hope one of the things that you've seen is I don't try to show up on the show as perfect. I don't try to go back and re-edit the times that I make faux pas verbally, the times that I say the wrong word. I remember one time I was saying to somebody, um, and I was actually meaning I'm biased, meaning that I have an opinion about this particular thing. Um, I was bragging about a person and how great and amazing they were. And I said, now you gotta understand, and what I should have said was I'm biased. What I said was I'm prejudiced, which is a totally different word. Um, and I think the person knew what I meant, but you know, it's those kind of things. Now I could go back and I could, uh, you know, prostrate myself before the world and say, oh, you know, I used the wrong word and woe is me. Or I could just move on. I could be like, hey, you know, that's funny. I can't believe I used that word because it means something totally different than what I meant. You can do that too. One of the best secrets I ever learned way back when I first started the show was to understand that sometimes we say the word um, and that's okay. Sometimes we lose our train of thought. We're saying something amazing and then it's just like, oh, that's gone. And you just have to kind of think for a second, figure out where can I go from where I'm at now, lost on this rabbit trail, and then move on and show up. Because it's not about us, it's about the people who will get to hear it and whose lives will be enriched. But please do understand, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world, ugh, the world needs you. We need you to be exactly who you are, right where you are, right here, right now, today. Using your talent, serving others, being the best you that you can be and being humble enough to say, you know what, I really did a great job on that particular thing. If you'll commit to doing that, your life and your world will be a better place and you will live as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks so much for being with me here today. I hope until we're together again next time, you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed. It's 
it's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-